HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Q Drinks, carbonated mixers made for your cocktail. Visit their website at qdrinks.com. That's Q, the letter, drinks.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. How hey, you doing? Jesus. <laughs> I'm full of cheese. How about you? Oh, man. Well, you're always full of cheese. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, that was fun last night. Yeah. Um, so, dude, how was your Christmas? Christmas was great. Do you have a, a I, I tradition got, I got, where you I got spend it with your granddad and, <laughs> and a turkey. turkey? That's Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, a bottle of old granddad and a bottle of wild turkey. Um no, I as usual, I think for Christmas I got what I deserved rather than what I wanted, which is fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Max and I, we opened the bar and we um, we had a bitter Jewish Christmas at Amori Margo. Max brought gelt and dreidels and he was gambling on the bar and I made General Stowe's chicken for everybody who walked in the door. Amazing. Yeah, super fun. Cool. That's great. And as promised last week, I made eggnog and I have it here with me right now. Oh, yeah. So we're going to drink some of that during the show today. Cool. But first, let's talk to our guest. Laura Maniak is here from Cork Buzz, um, and she's got all kinds of news to tell us yeah, about her Christmas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome yeah, to the show. Welcome. You're, no, you're no stranger to Heritage. You've been on several of the other shows, correct? I love it here. It's nice. so fun. You get to hang out in the, the cozy studio. Watch people eat pizza and drink <laughs> champagne. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Um, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so, all right, man. We've, we're like we're threading the needle. We're between like Christmas and New Year's. New Year's is probably a huge time for you. Right. It is. It is. It's a great time too. We um, we have a couple of restaurants and wine bars, so we're get, gearing up for tons of champagne sales and fun parties. Yeah, nice. And uh, hangovers <laughs> <laughs> for Bra- me at least. Brace for the hangover. Yeah. What is what is your like? Do you guys have any kind of like New Year New Year's Day like regiment as far as like like bouncing back? I mean, I grew up in the Deep South, so, of course, New Year's Day is a food day for us. Uh, that means I'm going to make uh, cornbread, collard greens, and Hoppin' John. 
Do you know what those things yeah, are? Yeah, black eyed peas. Uh, black, the black eyed peas, yeah. So the cornbread is for health, the greens are for green money, and the Hoppin' John is the little black eyed peas, it's for all your friends. Oh, nice. Right. Mm. It's friendship. So oh, I, I never knew that that's what that. Yeah, that's what the, the new year is supposed to bring for you I, new and old friends, money, and health. Uh, yeah, I always had black eyed peas at, at New Year's, but I, I, I just thought it was like a superstitious Bible Belt thing. Uh, it's also just like a, a gut settling. I just yeah. drank a shit ton of <laughs> whatever was handed to me last night. Right. Thing. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I try and make it at a more uh, every year. This year it'll be on a Sunday, so it shouldn't be an, any any big problem. I'm gonna make hopping down for anybody who wants to come by. I'll cool. come by. Please do. I need friends, health, and good luck and money. <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Cool. Um, so, Cork Buzz is crushing it. You're crushing it. <laughs> Everybody probably already knows the big thing about you. You were the youngest ever Court of the Master Sommelier. Mm, I don't know. It's, like, not true. Um, and it keeps well, getting repeated. So I think people, like, oh, so uh, mess true. it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was one of the youngest females when I passed my... Master sommelier exam, but not you know the youngest ever, the youngest oh, at the moment, okay. and so yeah, so it's still a great accomplishment. I was 29 and um, running be our guest restaurants and studying my ass off, and so it was really fun. But no, not the youngest ever. Okay, <laughs> but it's not your fault because I think that's been printed a million times, <laughs> yeah. no matter how many times I tell them to correct it. <laughs> eh, it's the internet; they don't correct anything. True. So what? Doesn't matter. Uh, it's still an amazing accomplishment. And yeah, you you ran the Be Our Guest program. I worked there while you did that. Mm-hmm. Did you know that, Damon? I, I we crossed over. Yeah, you you were saying something about that last night. Oh, was I? Yeah. I was, Be Our Guest. Was- I was drunk on cheese. <laughs> that was a lot of cheese. Be Our Guest in those days was so freaking cool and and hard work and tons of craziness. Met a lot of good people like yourself. So that was oh, the thanks. fun part. Uh, yeah, I met a ton of cool people there, and I still keep in touch with a, a, a solid handful of them. Um, even, do you remember Vince Favela? He was on oh, the show yeah. just a few weeks ago. Oh, now no he's, and now he's running the Alamo program at the new Alamo Draft House. Ah, that's right. With Vanessa B. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, so you've got us something. Have you been there yet, by the way? I have not, no. You know, I don't go to movies. Oh, no, no, sorry. I have not seen a movie there yet. But you've been there. It's it's you're awesome. There's a wax museum. It's it's there's a wax museum. Yeah, man. Remember they were talking about like yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. secret museum. Th- th- yeah, it's like it's crazy. There's a lot of uh... <laughs> just go, just go. <laughs> there's right. some weird well, shit in there. We'll find time to go. Um, <laughs> but you've got a glass of something already poured for us here, and we're already sipping on it. Let's talk about this real fast, and then let's talk about all the things you do at your various spots. Sounds good to me. Um, well, I don't think I'd be Laura if I didn't bring champagne t- uh, anywhere I go. That's why I invited you. I, I was like, <laughs> I, want, I want her here the, the, the last show before New Year's, and New Year's is all about champagne, yeah. so here we go. Champagne's our thing, so champagne campaign we do every night after 10, half off all bottles of champagne. Yes, I tell people about this all the time, and their jaw drops every time. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to ask for it, so it's not like, oh, can I get my discount? You know, it's just like, just the bottles come, and they're half off, so that's really fun. But this particular bottle is, um, it's all Pinot Meunier, so it's a grape, um, as you probably know, but uh, I worked Harvest in 2010 in Champagne, and this was the grape that the house that I worked for was um, mostly known for. They they did some Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but this is, um, it's Francois Huet, uh, he is 2010, um, pure Pinot Noir, or Pinot Meunier, I meant to say, and it's just so delicious. It's called Elements, and I felt like... 
2010 was the year I worked Harvest. I love Pinot Meunier. It's not the same producers uh, that was called La Ertz, but why not try something new? This is a, a relatively new producer to me. It's from Becky Wasserman, who I think is just a great importer. And um, yeah, it's pretty tasty right now. Yeah, yeah what do you guys think? It's really, <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, it's the first thing I've had fact, today. Yeah, I, I love the fact that it's a uh, peanut, 100 Pinot Meunier. It's cool. Um, yeah, this is like it's got all the classic elements. Uh, elements. Oh, it's like <laughs> bready, yeasty. You know, like it's fucking delicious. It's so good. But it's got like a really nice kind of like oxidative sherry kind of quality to it. Too. Sure, I get that. You know, like it almost has like a little bit of like a Montiato kind of vibe Absolutely. in the background. Yeah, it's that perfect style. I like that richer, slightly oxidative style without being oxidized. Yeah. And so you said it perfectly. That's why I picked it because it, it has that nutty. Nailed it. Amontillado. Nailed it. Still got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. But this is one of the things that you're kind of the most known for is sort of stripping away the kind of uh, I don't know, stiff pomp and circumstance of the whole wine education world, right? How I do, hope so. How, I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think so. So thanks for saying that. That's definitely what you're known for. Um, how do you how do you do that? I know you do a lot of classes over at, mm-hmm. at the shops, yep. Yep. Uh, and you lead many of them, and your team leads many of them. But totally. like, how does how do you? Because I teach classes at Amori Margo too, mm-hmm. and I'm teaching classes about something they've just never fucking even heard of. Right. Right. Most of the folks coming to mind, they're like, "What? The, I don't even know what tomorrow is." People come in with a preconceived notion of wine. They come in with a preconceived notion of like all of that. And how do you like bare bones it and make it more accessible and fun? I think it starts with just like the way you look, the way you talk, the way you act. So it's like I usually don't wear a suit at work. I mean, I never wear a suit, thank God. But, um, you know, you're just wearing jeans and flats and you're simple, like easygoing person and make wine approachable, pour people things if they haven't tried them. I mean, our, our restaurant is really a, a wine focused I don't know, country club, if you will, bar, you know, we do lots of dinner parties, lots of classes and events. And then the bar is just like, you know, pop a squad at the bar and you're, you're like, I never heard of Honda Robbie Zuri. So we're like, all right, here you go. Now you have. And, you know, it's a little bit more just of a conversation. So I like to say, like, you just have a conversation about wine. It's not really intimidating. But if you're forced to learn or be, you know, really just talked at, that's just not going to work. So that's that's my approach. It's, it's really simple. Do you find that you get a lot of people that come there, like like kind of, I guess, civilians like coming in, or do you do you see it uh, as a lot of like industry people, or is it a mix of both? I love the question, and I think it's so important. Um, you know, it used to be in the beginning, as all new places are, like brand new industry hangout. It's just nonstop. You see all of your friends, and then they open their own places, and then they're not around, or they're yeah. working late, or there's a great new bar that they want to support and i'm all about you know the industry but i don't think we've ever made our name only on that we 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 are certainly a consumer driven place and you know because it's such a big open space that's flexible we have a lot of events and we just we just do a lot of corporate entertaining and a lot of you know bridal shower bachelorette but you know it's not in a cheesy way i mean it's like all of that really important um milestone birthdays because where can you go and have a 32 person birthday party right. you know it, it it's so much more flexible than you know a restaurant with twos and fours so i'm pretty proud of that that's that's one of my favorite things to do is to host a party yeah i mean well especially i mean i know for our listeners out there it that don't live in this city you know we've talked about this a couple times before on the show it's like new york city's it's hard to find 
it's easy to find an event space, but it's hard to find a cool one mm-hmm. that, like that actually has quality stuff. You Fact. know, yeah, but Seoul. I mean, like I worked with uh, the Frankie's group, and like that backyard of Frankie's is like the shit, and it gets booked out all the time because it's beautiful and has mm-hmm. they have good food and good wine. You know, totally. The first time, I will say this: uh, the first two times that I went to your spot was. The first time was Maxwell Britton from Maison Premier turned me on to it, and it was about the, the champagne campaign. And yeah. so, we went, brilliant. Yeah, we had some champagne there. And the second time was actually for uh, it was actually a birthday party that was like a forty person birthday, mm-hmm. and both times were excellent. And so that then all of a sudden that was like a pin on my map. Ever since then, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah, is, it's uh, a lot of fun too. Is, and like you were saying before, right, sorry, so, no, but uh, the the fact that you have like a very, it's not like. Thing I like about it is it's not like like this hoity-toity wine bar kind of experience. It is like very like jeans, like you said, jeans and flats. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone's really enthusiastic about it, and I think that's what makes that's what makes any place like the casual, like outgoing kind of vibe. You know, that's why yeah. I, that's why I like to do it at my bar. I mean, if you can demystify something for someone, yeah, that's absolutely without without hammering them in the head with, with like you have to know this or you look like a fool when you drink wine, like that's. Or, or whatever, or tomorrow, or eat steak. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I think I think that's what we do. Is we I look like a full one eight steak. It's <laughs> like I just give it up, man. It's just like going for it. Um, <laughs> so, so is that the same layout that you have then in your your other location in uh, in the Carolinas? It's sort of the same layout. I mean, North Carolina is so cool. I love it. Charlotte is killing it right now. It's, it's a great city to be in. I have a second home there with my family. So. Um, but Charlotte is, it's mostly the same, except that they have a, a true private dining room, which we don't have in New York. Ours are like these movable partitions that, you know, accordion style make the room bigger or smaller. I kind of wish I did that in Charlotte, to be honest, but I didn't. So we'll go on. <laughs> right. But it's more of a restaurant. I mean, people in Charlotte, they still dine, appetizer, entree, dessert. So because that's what they want, that's what we are there. And um, in Charlotte, you can do on-premise and off-premise so we're able to sell wine retail, and uh, now we're expanding to the next door adjacent space to actually merchandise for retail. Mm. And so it's been great. I mean, there's so much amazing Southern food in our restaurant out there, and my chef, Alan Evans, is just killing it. And I just, like, want to go there so I can eat all of the, you know, stuff we don't get out here. We're not good, you know. Right. North Carolina trout, it's so good. Um, but, yeah, uh, Charlotte is, is just a great addition to our two restaurants here in New York. How many... How, what's the capacity of the one in Charlotte? Like, Charlotte's 2,500 square feet. It probably wow. seats about 95 people. 2,500 square feet. And that's small for Charlotte. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I get it. Oh, I get it. I get <laughs> right? it. 700 in Chelsea Market for us square feet. And it's like a, a jewel box, but a box. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maury Margo's 240. I know. <laughs> this is a more... You're in it. That's great. <laughs> Man, <it's> a <laughs> Good things come in small packages. Ah, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's true. He's heard that before. Uh, well. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, and how long have you been open down there? How long have you been open here, actually? It's five years, right? Um, it was. It just turned five in November. Oh, right. So November birthday. 2011. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. And then um, Charlotte's been two years in July. It'll, it will be two years next July. Cool. Next July. Okay, so it's one and a half. I see about right it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So you were crushing, crushing along with 
with the one here. Crushing. Crushing like grapes. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Easy, Damon. Um, <laughs> that was you're, cru- you're crushing was fruit. Oh. <laughs> you're crushing along. Sorry, Dave. You, ha- you're, you just turned five, meaning you were four and change when you opened another one in another city. But also somewhere in there, you opened up Chelsea Market. Yep. How are you doing all this? Now I sleep, but back then I didn't. So I, I'm pretty psyched that we're not opening anything this year. Um, I don't know. I have great partners and I have a great team. I guess that's just the simple way to say it. I mean, I didn't obviously do everything myself, but you work your butt off and you're pretty psyched most of the time about what you do. So, yeah, that's we just we were doing well in Union Square. We're kind of bored with one place. <laughs> and then we were approached by Chelsea Market to do a small wine bar in, um, in you know, the ground level across from Dixon's Butcher. And so we we started working on that project. In the meantime, we had already signed a letter of intent with Charlotte because we didn't expect New York to have a second place so soon. Mm -hmm. And Chelsea Market is such a great opportunity. I mean, what a great collection of vendors and fellow, you know, butchers and fishmongers. I mean, it was my dream. And and, um, so so I I couldn't say no. I had to open two in one year. (laughs) It's like having twins. Wow. (laughs) I don't even... Did you do that? <laughs> no, no, man. I, I, I'm working on some new projects, but it, like they don't, they're not going to be like, like Irish twins. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, Irish twins, back to back, nine months. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Uh, you also have at least a fun personal piece of news to give us. Well, how yeah. was? Let's see, let's start back to the beginning. How was your Christmas, Solara? My Christmas was so amazing. <laughs> what did, what did you get anything you deserved? I had a nice, shiny, brand new engagement ring, so that was yeah, exciting. That's amazing! Congratulations. Congratulations! And a great future husband. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, our foley artist at, at at large in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I yeah. love it. Love him. It's pretty great. That's amazing. Is he is, is he in our biz? He like looks on and like can't wait to fully jump in, but he he's not in our business. He just loves wine and food and entertaining. Um, yeah, he he has a small investment in, in a friend's bar, but and it's going well. They they there's a great a great place for what they do. And um, but yeah, no, he's not in our business. So which is nice. I, I was about to say that's good. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. It's better to date outside the biz. I think that's it's like it's hard. It's hard. All you see are people who are in the biz. So yeah. It's it's the uh, like kind of the curse because it's like the best way to meet someone. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. Now we're both super busy. We're all both the time. on call. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna have some more of this wine. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordan Silbert, founder and CEO of Q Drinks. We're proud to support the Speakeasy. At Q Drinks, we make spectacular carbonated mixers, crafted to mix with your favorite spirits. Based right here in Brooklyn, we're available nationally in six flavors, including Q Tonic Water for spectacular gin and tonics, and Q Ginger Beer for spectacular Moscow mules. I started the company after a night in my backyard with good gin, really good friends, and lousy tonic water. I realized the world needed better mixers, so I made them. Q Drinks uses real ingredients, a lot less sugar, and a lot more carbonation. The result? Clean, crisp, spectacular beverages that bring out the best in your favorite spirits. Using Q Drinks, it's easy to create terrific drinks with just two pours. One to two ounces of your favorite spirit and three to four ounces of Q poured over ice in a highball glass. It's simple and spectacular. Q Drinks. Make your drink spectacular. So, uh, should we... 
should we talk about the other bottle of wine that you brought? Sure. I, I actually, would love that. You know, okay, so I have to tell this story. I know I've told it before, but uh, it's it's become advanced since 11 years ago when I moved here. When I first moved here, I was working in Hell's Kitchen uh, at this bar right on 9th Avenue, and uh, it had, like, big windows on the front of the building, and, and the bar was right there. And so every time I'd have to – we did a lot of champagne. Kevin St. James? Nope. Oh, I was like, I probably saw you there a few times. <laughs> um, I will not mention the name of this place. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but <laughs> out of respect or embarrassment? <laughs> maybe a little both. It's my first job in New York. Well, my first bar job. I was still doing graphic design then a little bit. Um, but every time I'd pop a bottle of champagne, which was all the time, I'd go outside and I'd pop it with one hand, and then you know the cork would shoot up like four stories. And then catch the cork as it came down in my other hand and get, you know, like a huge applause. Mm-hmm. And, in your hat, right? You do it in your hat. Well, now I do it outside of Grand okay. Army. I catch it in my hat because I wear hats every day. And, uh, well, that, but going back to Hell's Kitchen, I, I popped one and cork shot up in the air, four or five stories, came back down, caught it. Again, bar goes crazy. And, uh, and then I hear, like, hey, Look over. There's two cops standing there, and I'm like, "What in the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you can't do that. You can't do that." And I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I just moved here from Oklahoma." <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't innocent I, card. And, yeah, Look how like, innocent dude. I am. You know, it's so much more illegal <laughs> in Oklahoma to do that right. than it is here. But uh, I was like, "I'm really sorry, officers. I I, I just moved here. I don't. I, I didn't realize. You know, play dumb." And they're like, "Well." You could have got this and this and this and this, uh, you know, these fines. They're like, but since you caught the cork, we're going to let it go. We're just going to let it go. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, get in there and never do it again. Of course, I've done it for the last 10 plus years. But now I catch it in my hat. (laughs) Um, You've you've changed the routine a little. You've added a a prop. (laughs) I I, I went rodeo with that shit. Keeping it fresh. Is this how you open bottles at your bar? (laughs) Yeah, I catch them in my hat, too. <laughs> Do you saber ever? Yeah, it's not my thing. I have to say, you know, I, I'm really, really uh, into it. I like people to do it, but I can't do it myself because, actually, you'll appreciate this. So there, um, Greg Harrington, he was a, an old boss of ours. Before I ran beer, I guess he did. And he decided he was going to saber champagne. I think I was just, like, 25, 26. And he came in after a long weekend in the Hamptons in the summer with, like, a cast on his hand. And everybody's like, hey, dude, what happened? And we're going at like all these Michael Skernick, big portfolio tastings. He's an MS. And they're like, what happened? He's like, ah, savored a bottle of champagne. Like under <laughs> his breath, you know? So I guess like bottle backfires, gets 40 stitches in his arm. And Whoa. he's got to walk yeah. around like God knows for how long with that thing. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to savor champagne. Because yeah. I'm klutzy, you know? Like I'm a, I'm a doofus. Like <laughs> I would literally like, well, one time I, sh- I savored a bottle of champagne on a cruise. And the way that it opened was I dropped it on the floor and it broke. You know, you're supposed to <laughs> hit the knife on the side of the seam and cork goes flying. It's all, ooh. Instead, like, I hit the knife, the bottle slips out of my hand, it breaks on the floor, and that's how it opened. And that was my one taste at sabering. So, yeah. no mas. I've never done it, actually. Oh, really? I've never done it. Well, well I mean, because... We had that ring that, that Dave made. Dave, uh, yeah. Dave just soldered a, a ring with a flat piece on it that we would wear so we would just Ooh. sit with our hands that's fun it was cool yeah got a lot of attention but i've kind of i've done it dozens of times but i still kind of feel like i'm maybe in your camp i don't feel like it's kind of worth it 
To me, I, like the, the classic show, way is, you know? yeah, the classic way is a fucking explosive bottle <laughs> yeah. and a knife. Yeah. And you're typically drunk when you're yeah. doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like. <laughs> it's never cold enough, which is what it up. has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll leave it for our, the real professionals to do that. Okay. And in the meantime, I'm trying to open corks silently. That's my my signature move. You know, I, it's kind of. I, I didn't say it's it not, when you opened the cork earlier, it's but because it's kind of sexist. But when I was in culinary school a million years ago, um, we had classes about you know service and things like that. And, and the French guy's name was Hervé Labiron, and he said, "When you open champagne, it should not pop; it should sigh like a woman." Ooh. That works. Right. And when you did it, I was like, it reminded me of that instantly. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a little sexist. I don't mind it. In this climate, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The climate's a little hot around here these days. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, you did bring two bottles. I don't know if we're going to crack into it or not, but what, what do you got over there? You know, I, I have to say because... And why? Why did you choose these? You, you just said you yeah. love them, but like, is there... Today's a special day. You just got engaged. Soon to be Christmas. Soon to be New Year's. Like what? I was seeing you guys. Oh, yeah, that's two bottles, two guys. P- you know. <laughs> Can't bring just one. Um, you know, I was looking for magnums in my cellar, but we drank them all at Christmas, so there wasn't that many left. Um, Good for you. Yeah. You know, I don't I think, apologize for that. <laughs> I think that I'm such a champagne fanatic, and I love it. And I try to push myself to like non-champagne sparkling wine. So I'm constantly checking in with other regions. And most of the time I'm like, nah, it's just not champagne. And it's true. Um, I think there's a few handful of producers and different regions where you can like go toe-to-toe with champagne. And um, most of my guests, I'm sure you guys find this at the bar a lot, or you know, I, in your time you have, if you had champagne. Um, you hear, can I have a glass of Prosecco? Can I have a glass of Cava? And you're like, oh, I only have champagne or whatever you say. And they're like, no, no, I want Prosecco. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it per se, but um, I just don't like it. You know, it's not my thing. And, and I never really got into Cava, but there's a great producer, Gramona. And we did this blind tasting not too long ago at Quirk Buzz. She came in. She did this amazing seminar for the trade. Um, and she had champagne. She had all these great champagne producers. And I wouldn't say it was better than champagne. I would just say it was it was hard to tell the difference. And so this one that I brought is 2010 as well. So two vintages from 2010. And um, it's just cool. It's just vintage cava from top producer and it drinks like champagne. So you guys can taste it and tell me on a future show while I'm listening whether it, it was it as New good. Let's we'll pop it on New, New Year's. Year's. Yeah. All right. Um, so speaking of, like, do you... So, I mean, I, obviously you have a very refined palate that's... There's no doubt about that. But so when it comes to things like champagne versus like cava, which is also method champenois, or like like Cremant. I, mean, I love like, Cremant, though. I will say, yeah, Cremant's like everyday stuff. Um, I love certain producers and certain styles of Cremant. Cremant, Francia Corta. I found I, I'm really good with those. Most cava, most prosecco. Eh, I could take it or leave it. I like some sparkling wines from you know the U.S. Like I love. Iron Horse, I think she does a great job, and what a great family. Um, I like Macari in the North Fork. I think their sparkling wine is dope. I just drank that this weekend. Um, I mean, listen, you can't generalize and say you don't like any Cava or any Prosecco, but sure. obviously they're not my top choice as a category. Yeah, I'd say the same thing about Escargot. I'm like, I have never had good Escargot, but I'm not going to say I don't like it. I just haven't had it prepared well. Can you can you cook Escargot for of me? Of course. <laughs> 
All right, change my mind I, on it. I, absolutely, I will. I'm going to cool. make it for you. I, I got three different ways to make it for you in my mind right now. Awesome. One of them, <laughs> one of them you will love, and the other two you will like. Can I come over? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, did maybe, you hear? That's, it, maybe that's when we crack this bottle of uh, Gravona. Sounds great. Did you hear that? Uh, and bring the fiance too. Yeah. Did you hear that over the summer I took over a restaurant for 21 days and cooked? No. A tiny restaurant, uh, 340 square feet, with the the kitchen is just a six burner with a salamander and a small grill behind the bar. Whoa. So I was cooking this far from people <clears throat> French food. Where was so, this? Uh, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. It's called Le French Diner, which uh, loosely translates to, to The French Diner. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, Le French. Yeah, it's on Orchard uh, at Houston. Uh, wow. And it's awesome. You should go there. I will definitely but go there. The, the story, which I've told on the air before, but the, the brief is uh, those guys were going to close and go for vacation for three weeks. Uh, sorry, yeah, three weeks, 21 days. And I, I was terrified because I live on that street and I mm-hmm. go there all the time. I was like, you'll close. You'll be gone. I need you. So I, I drunkenly told them I would do it, and they drunkenly gave me the keys. Love it. <laughs> they were like, here we go. We'll see you in, in 21 days. Who's, I love those takeover pop-ups. Whose quote was that? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's how I live my life, and it's true. I live by the, by the Hemingway rule of always do sober what you promised while drunk. Good rule. That'll yeah. teach you to keep your mouth shut. Uh, it's actually, that'll, keep, that'll teach you to keep your damn mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I will make escargot. We will drink bubbly together. Let's back up two seconds, though, and, mm-hmm. and clarify something for the listener. Not, not for me. I know the answer. I don't, I don't know the answer. Um, Cremant. That's just... It's bubbly from France, but not inside the Champagne region, right? Absolutely oh, correct. All right. So you knew it. Ding, ding. I probably learned that from you at Be Our Guest. <laughs> <laughs> or someone along, the, along your way. Well, Cremant can be from anywhere in France, so you have like all these different examples of Cremant d'Alsace starting in the Northeast, so you Alsace grapes... Cremante Bourgogne from Burgundy, Burgundy grapes. So Cremante Loire all the way through Bordeaux and Cremante D and in the Rhone Valley. So there's tons of options. If you like a specific region in France, if you want to try sparkling wine and venture outside of Champagne, then you just find your favorite insert name of region and just buy a bottle of Cremant from there. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's if you think about it, it's kind of like the mezcal tequila situation, you know, like, sure. Exactly. Cremant still comes from, like, France, but it's just not made in, in the Champagne region. Dig it. Just like, all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals are tequila. So if I'm digging on some Alsatian cuisine, I probably want to Cremant from Alsace. Yep. What grows together goes together. I know I learned that. From that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> cheesy lines by Laura, part two. Well, you know, it's those cheesy lines that stick with people, though. And it also, again... Like, without um, dumbing oh, yeah. anything down, it, it also just uh, makes things a little bit more comfortable for people. And I think that's, that's, that's what you do the best. I think you can build on it, too. So it's perfect. Like, you, you know, it's not that's the only way to pair food and wine, but it's, it's great as a starting jumping off point and learning from there. Yeah. What, so uh, go back to New Year's. Uh, what are your plans for New Year's? Yeah, that was my next question, too. <clears throat> what you doing? I live in East Village. Yay. Maybe I'll come spot, like, bar hop a little. Be nice to see you guys. Are you not going to be on staff at Cork No, Club? I am. Oh, okay. I am. Yeah. Um, All right. Come by early then. Yeah. We host a dinner party at Cork Buzz, and it's, you know, four chorus, pretty, pretty great food and wine. And then we're just going to do an open bar, but no mandate. We're not doing, like, you have to buy this XYZ ticket. So people can pop by any time. After 10 for Champagne Campaign, run tabs. So there's no minimum. There's no door. There's no... Fussy. Is this how anything. you do it every year, or is this? A couple of years ago, we did you know seventeen or fifteen champagnes at a Magnum for New Year's, and that was an all inclusive. Last year, we did you know some all inclusive with 
I don't know, small bottles. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we did some kind of champagne theme. And then this year we were just like, let's just open. Because, you know, I, I'm going to get out of work at nine o'clock or one o'clock in the morning. And I just really want a glass of champagne. I don't want to buy a ticket. So we encourage people in the industry to come on by and just run a tab and drink what they pay or pay for what they drink. And that's that. I think it's great. Actually, uh, it's cool you say that because I have noticed that a lot of a lot of places this year and a, a few of them last year, but like kind of a, a remarkable number of them uh, of bars and restaurants have kind of moved into that vibe where it's like it's not so much about the prefix or like uh, pairings like that you're just like stuck to this one thing. It's like because that's it's also kind of the thing that bothers me about. It years you always have to have this like really like tight regiment like like scheduled like itinerary that that you have to stick to and it's a lot really of pressure it's a lot of pressure it's like <laughs> it it's, takes away the fun of the night yeah i mean like that's why i like thanksgiving so much it's like we're just gonna hang out and eat all day and drink all day and do whatever and like if you want to take a nap in between courses like right. yeah you do that and you don't have to dress up it's like <laughs> yeah no yeah. grand plan yeah grand. No, yeah uh-huh. no grand plan. <laughs> but, uh, but that's uh that's really cool good for you it should and be fun i think that's also a testament to like the the casual environment of corpus anyway man that's yeah what i've always noticed you know it's like it's meant to be fun like i'm having fun right now just drinking champagne with you guys yeah <laughs> me too yeah, I think you definitely embody that. You, you know, it's, I think we all have that with our spaces. It's you, you're it. Um, and that space definitely is very, like, it's put together and it looks nice, but it's also real friendly. Thanks. You know? I think that's what you are, too. Thank you. Um, what are you doing for New Year's? Are you doing anything stupid? I, I will, yeah, I'm going to do stupid shit. I mean, the bar. <laughs> I mean, I know you're going to do stupid shit. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'll be at the bar. So we're gonna be doing stupid shit. Yeah, um, we're just—it's kind of the same thing. We're not—we're not doing any kind of like plan prefix menu or seating. Like, there's not there's no like seating matrix that we have to like abide by. It's 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 open. It's it's meant to be like a fun thing. So we're gonna do something I've always done every year for New Year's uh, wherever I am. Uh, it's like prime meets forever and you know, Grand Army now. But um, I always just do like uh, short. Champagne cocktail menu, yeah, you know, you know. But you love that anyway. That's kind of always on your menu. <laughs> make yeah, it, I, make, I make any, cocktails. make any cocktail on Grand Army uh, a royal with, yeah. by adding champagne. Yeah, actually. <laughs> What's your favorite champagne cocktail at the moment? I know you probably have a, oh, a bunch. But um, I need to make some at home. I just did one. It's actually it's really boozy. I just did one for tasting table called the storm. Or uh, sorry, it's called Don't Krampus My Style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like scotch and chartreuse and mm. cinnamon and bitters and champagne. It's it's really really boozy, but it doesn't really taste like it. Um, I think one of my one of my go tos. I mean, the Silbach is always a go to, uh, even with its l- recent controversy. Yeah, it's it's still delicious. It's still delicious. It's a champagne old fashioned. Yeah, how mm. could I not like that? Exactly. Um, the Alfonso, you know that one? No. Alfonso, it's it's basically it's just a classic uh, champagne cocktail with like an ounce of Dubonnet Rouge. Oh. So what's cool about that is you can swap out any kind of like vermouth or, uh, I mean, at that point you can kind of sherry. Kind of just, you can do whatever you want. You can, yeah, you can do sherry. You could do 
Amaro. I mean, like any kind of light Amaro. So like Amir Picon in uh, in Alfonso instead of like Dubonnet. It's like it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on like Pims Royale. Mm. You know that kind of stuff. Like yeah, it's it. The cool thing about it is like, and Dave Wondrich, I talk about this all the time. I know, but. Dave Wondrich said in Imbibe that, like, I've, like when he's describing all these old cocktails, he's like, most of them, he was like, and it's not bad with a little champagne on top. And <laughs> yeah. I think that's... <laughs> I think that's just his jam. So, uh, like, like, almost every cocktail in that book, he goes, and also some champagne on top. I love it. Like, like any cocktail, that's why at his bar, any cocktail you can add champagne to, make it a royal. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Even the cocktails that already have champagne, you yeah, can you add, add more. Extra. Add more. <laughs> Flutter. <laughs> royal. It's on the menu. Make it a royal. I love it. Two extra dollars, and uh, <laughs> it's well worth the price of entry. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I am doing something stupid over at Amore. Yeah. Uh, I we're open to the public until I think eight thirty, and then we have a seating of twelve, where we're going to do four courses with an open bar that'll get them out of there in time to go somewhere for New Year's, and then we got another seating of twelve people yeah. with an open bar till four in the morning. That's so cool. It's fun. We did it last year too. Which is good because opposite of what you guys are saying, at Amore Margo, New, well, Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve was a tank every year. Like a tank. Yeah. A brick. I don't have champagne. I don't, and also, for these things, I do. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'll be serving my two-year sour. I'm going to bring some of that next week as well. I'll, I won't, we won't drink it all. Oh, I made, nice. a, I made a, a sour two years ago that I've been aging, mm-hmm. m- meaning I just left it sitting. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Right yeah. on. Anyway, there's still some seats left if anybody's interested. Cool. But we typically sell out. Nice. Great, man. Well, good show. Um, yeah. Let's wrap up by asking you a few extra questions. Um, where's your bar? Do you have a website? Do you want to talk about it on the air real fast? All that kind of junk. Sure. Uh, Cork Buzz is 13 East 13th Street, so two time lucky 13. And <laughs> nice. uh, Cork Buzz Chelsea Market can be found smack in the middle across from Dixon's and Hale and Hardy Soup. Uh, we have Cork Buzz in Charlotte, North Carolina, in a place called South Park. Really cool. Right behind the only Whole Foods in Charlotte. And our website is corkbuzz.com. And I am Laura Manick at corkbuzz. Or, shh, shh, that's my email, but uh, that's actually not even my email. It's Laura at corkbuzz. But uh, my Instagram's at Laura Manick. At Laura Manick, yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. this has been awesome. Uh, thanks for bringing in the champagne. Yeah, so delicious. We don't, we, we don't really get to uh, sip on a lot of champagne on the show. We don't. Um, this we is only the second that. time since I've been on. Yeah, man, we should just keep one in the fridge over there. There's this guy the that... The little uh, fridge in the corner? I was working at uh, this uh, Spirits Linnell's LTD in Red Hook uh, 10 years ago, whatever. But this guy came in. His name's Ben. He... Uh, oh, yeah, you've said this before. I'm ready. Yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah, he was he was buying a bottle of champagne, and I was like, I was like, dude, cool, what are you celebrating? He was like, oh, no, I'm just restocking. He's like, I celebrated last night. Uh, he's like, I always keep a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. ready in my fridge. At the ready. Just in, just in case. And I love that. And it changed my whole mentality on it. So I always have champagne at home. Red. That's yeah. brilliant. We should start doing that here in the I studio. Think, I think we just came up with something new. <laughs> cool. Um, before we step away, uh, just to mention, next week's guest is finally going to be Corey Bonifiglio. He had to cancel for personal reasons last time around. But he is a beer nerd extraordinaire from uh, Beer Street in Brooklyn. Uh, and probably, in my opinion... One of the greater, like, hospitalitarian, I hate that word, uh, <laughs> uh, guys that I know. He 
is he embodies hospitality. I don't know if you know him, Laura. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, and uh, and then before we totally go away, I just want to mention that I held up my end of the bargain. I see you brought nothing, but I brought eggnog that I told you I would make last week. <laughs> so as we as we get off the air here, we'll drink some eggnog to wash down this champagne. Probably should have went cool. the other way. Yeah, probably should. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Uh, and I made it. It's in the same bottle. I made it with plantation pineapple rum. Mm. That's awesome. I was uh, making it at a moor while I was making General So's chicken, and the bar was busy, and I was just going to pop behind the bar and grab a bottle of bourbon. The bar was busy, and Max was busy, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to go into Mother of Pearl. They're not even open. Like I'm a thief in the night. <laughs> <laughs> I cruise in there looking for bourbon, and I see this pineapple rum, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like eggnog with pineapple nice. rum? It's mm-hmm. kind of like pineapple eggnog colada. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I made it with tiki bitters, because, you know, I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um... Well, let's have some. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say thank you to to the listeners uh, of all the Heritage Radio programs. Uh, it's been a great year. Uh, get to have our 200th episode this year. Get to bring on Southern Teague as my co-host. Thanks, buddy. Um, it's been really a great year for, for my bar, personally. Uh, we actually just got a really great piece of news. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I can't believe we almost didn't mention it. Yeah, Imbibe uh, <laughs> Magazine, theme Grand Army Cocktail Bar of the Year. Imbibe Magazine, Ooh. crushing yeah. it. So, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to everyone who's come by to support that as well. And uh, it's a huge honor, and I can't even believe it. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I, I, I'm looking forward to the the next year, right? Yeah, man. Well, now you got a target on your back. Well, I know it's what really <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I mean, I've, now you're not the yeah, someone's gunning to be the best now. Everyone's getting hit, hair in their drinks. It's probably me. All of a sudden, <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you for that. Happy New Year! Awesome. Happy, happy New, New Year, Year, team. Let's happy holidays. Happy New Year! Out. And just want to say thank you from Souther and I. We uh, we've had a again a great year at Heritage Radio Network, and we uh, really appreciate your support. Uh, there's still time left in the year to go to oh, yeah. HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And click on the beating heart to donate um, so we can continue bringing programming like this and all the others. Right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Click on that beating heart and support. All right. So from us at Heritage Radio and Speakeasy, thanks again. Happy New Year's. Be safe. And until next year, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Get